out of the mouth of babes. As Jeff was directing our thoughts in the Lord's Supper meditation this morning and had just finished the first prayer, the prayer for the bread, my not-quite-two-year-old granddaughter said three words. Thank you, Jesus. Out of the mouth of babes, if all of us who are Christians only during the time of worship expressed beautifully and sincerely the thought, thank you, Jesus. I was startled by the preaching brother's comment. In contrast to thank you, Jesus, said by one not quite two, this individual had been preaching for years. And he looked at me and said something I've often thought about. He said, Mike... I have been coasting in my relationship with God. Oh, the difference between thank you, Jesus, and I've been coasting in my relationship with God. We just finished singing the hymn, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. And zeal for God and the things of God would consume him. John 2, 14 through 17. I want to be more consumed by God and the things of God. Don't you? I want to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12 and verse 11. Don't you? I want more of that in my life. And yes, dry spells may come into all of our life at times. But there is a legitimate sense in which we should really mean what we sing. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound, Lord plant my feet on higher ground. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 11. Give us the inspiration motivation, and foundation for higher ground living. They help us to avoid coasting and to sincerely be able to say, thank you, Jesus, every day we live. Focus with me on 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11 the context, and then we will pay special attention to verses 5 through 8 and what's commonly called the Christian graces. Now, here's why. Everybody can look up just for a moment, and then we'll focus on verses 3 through 11. This is the Sunday in which I preached the sermons you suggested. You asked for it. Someone suggested, and I'm so glad that they did. How can I be more spiritually minded? That person understands that sometimes there's a need to be more spiritually minded because we can be guilty of coasting. We can be guilty of going through prolonged dry spells spiritually. Two passages to consider and then we'll focus on 
2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. The first one is Romans 8 and verse 6. Romans 8 and verse 6. New King James Version, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want life, real life, in the way I live, in the way I serve Jesus. And I'd like to have a greater sense of peace. Wouldn't you? To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now turn in your Bibles to Galatians 5 and notice verses 16 through 26. I want the life and peace that comes by being more spiritually minded. To mind the things of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, to live according to His Word, to have life and peace in God. When you look at Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26, it says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So related is godly living, the pursuit of godliness to knowing and loving God that in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, various actions, qualities, characteristics for how we live are known as the fruit of the Spirit. Here is... The way one lives who loves God, who has a zeal for God, and who really can say, new heights I'm climbing every day. Not satisfied with where one currently is spiritually, but wanting to grow closer and closer to Jesus. I understand that's a challenge. But there's something beautiful about that challenge that every Christian ought to be willing to devote themselves to. Now go to 2 Peter chapter 1 with me. In 2 Peter chapter 1, let me bring out five guidelines for becoming more spiritually minded and then we will focus on the qualities, the Christian graces themselves. Quality number one. Look at verse 3, where it refers to God's glory and virtue, the older translations. Many newer translations, the ESV, the New American Standard, the NIV, for example, speak of God's glory and excellence. The word that's translated virtue, excellence, or moral excellence in the scripture reading that Brian had a little earlier from 2 Peter 1, is a word that's pretty broad, being virtuous, aiming for excellence. And what I want you to understand is this. God is excellent in all He is and all He does. He's glorious and excellent in all He is and all He does. And as His children, we should desire to reflect His glory and virtue and excellence in all we do and say too. 
And when my brother told me I'm coasting, my immediate thought is we all may be tempted in that area, but coasting doesn't cut it. We should aim for excellence in the Lord. That brings me to a second guideline or observation. If God is glorious and excellent in all He is and does, and as His child, I want to reflect Him more. Look at 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. It says this, With all diligence... Add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith. Do you see that? We are, we would use this expression. I'm bound and determined to add to my faith, to add what really counts in my life. To add what counts to my life. There's not going to be any amount of time or energy that I want to hold back and there will even be a financial investment so that I, with all diligence, add to my faith. The same word is the word found in 2 Timothy 2.15. Give diligence. Study. Make every effort to show yourself approved to God. Make every effort. Give diligence. Study and think about this. Work on it. Someone once described Christianity, listen, from a medical perspective, as being an initial spasm followed by chronic inertia. We ought to be insulted by that, but you know what? In some of our lives, it's too true. Christianity was just an initial spasm where we took some steps and we were baptized into Christ, followed by chronic inertia. And as people who think about the good Lord and what Christ has done, that won't do. Third, look at 2 Peter 1, verse 4. 2 Peter 1, verse 4. God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. All the self-effort and self-discipline in the world will not make us great Christians. We have to trust in the promise of God. And here is what God has basically said in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 11. He says, you can count on my word that if you will give all diligence to adding to your faith, I promise you that you will be blessed in that pursuit. I will bless you in that pursuit. 
Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the same God who promised to forgive us our sins and to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38, when we come to Christ, He is the God who promises through His great and precious promises, He will bless us in becoming more like Jesus if that's what we really desire. I've often asked myself, why is it that some Christians are so close to God, it seems? They love God, and God is all over everything they seem to say and do and think. And how some of us, sometimes what we say and do and think are so removed from God. And what He would say and do and think. And I've come up with this answer. The people that are closest to God are the people that have chosen to be and that want to be. And they will not be thwarted by other human beings. They will not allow Satan to be a roadblock in the relationship with God. They will trust in God's exceeding great precious promises and with all diligence they will seek to grow closer to Christ. Wouldn't it be great if every congregation of the Lord's people this morning were full of that kind of people? And you know what? By God's grace and promise, every congregation can. If we want to be. If we want to be. Fourth, Look at 2 Peter 1 and verse 8. Notice that these are to be in us and increasing the Christian graces. The older translations, if these be in you and abound. Notice what God says here through Peter and the Holy Spirit. He says, you will be useful and fruitful. What a promise. People that really want to look like the Lord, they will be useful and fruitful. The presence of the Christian graces will give us usefulness and fruitfulness right now. Number five. The absence of the Christian graces are spoken of seriously while their presence are spoken of marvelously. Look at verse 9. The absence of the Christian graces. He that lacks these things is blind. And the idea, Milton, is spiritually myopic. I have known you for over 20 years, and with my glasses off, if I didn't know you were sitting there, I wouldn't know that was you, Milton. Between astigmatism and nearsightedness, there are people who cannot see past the end of their nose spiritually. They are so spiritually myopic. Don't be of that number. The Bible doesn't speak well. 
He that lacks these things is blind and can't see afar off. One who lacks these things, the Christian graces, is blind and also has amnesia. Has spiritual amnesia. Has forgotten he's been purged from his past sins. But look at verses 10 and 11. The absence of those qualities in our life because we know God will will be with us and has promised to bless us if we really seek to live and think and speak in this manner because it reflects God in us. If we do this, we'll make our calling and election sure. If we do this, verse 11, we'll never stumble. It'll be a preventative against falling from grace. Wailing is hard to stumble when you're on your knees in prayer and humility, trying to acknowledge that you want to be more like the Lord. And notice this. An abundant, abundant entrance will be given you to the kingdom. People who want assurance and confidence that I'm really saved and that when I die, everything is going to be all right with my soul, understand, because that's tonight's lesson. Somebody wanted to know about being sure and confident in our salvation, assurance of salvation. Great topic, but it's related to this morning's topic. In 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. Now focus with me on the Christian virtues or graces in 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 8. Adding to your faith. Seven qualities are mentioned in the passage. Adding to your faith, in Brian's translation, moral excellence. It's the same word that was used of God's glory and of God's excellence back in 2 Peter 1.3, virtue. Adding to your faith virtue, excellence, moral excellence, courage. Let's talk a little bit about that. It takes courage to stand up as Christians in a culture that has largely forgotten God. You know what a victory we had this week as Christians? The Supreme Court struck down Roe versus Wade. I want you to know I did not think I would see that in my lifetime. I didn't think I'd see that. Things we didn't think we'd see that we've seen... The Iron Curtain come down. Gas prices at $5 a gallon. Things we didn't think we would see. Roe Wade. People who are into excellence, who are into virtue, members of the Lord's church need to stand up and we need to adopt children who would have been adopt, who would have been aborted. We need to be willing to foster children too. 
And we need to be supportive of faithful Christians that are willing to take those kinds of steps in their own homes. Can I get an amen there? That's the kind of excellence and morality that we're talking about here. The type of virtue. Because those little lives are precious. And there may be an opportunity to help people get home to God. The idea is this. Watch you, stand fast in the faith, behave yourselves as men, be strong, let all be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. To contend earnestly for the faith once for all delivered. Jude verse 3. The idea of excellence. If there be any virtue, excellence. If there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4 and verse 8. For God's people to make a difference by their pursuit of what is excellent and virtuous. God is excellent and virtuous in all he is and does. Those who belong to God should seek to be that way too. Adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Knowledge is very practical understanding here. You do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God, Jesus would say. Matthew 22, verse 29. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and verse 6. There is a famine in the land. Indeed there is. Amos 8, verses 11 and 12. A famine of knowledge of God and His ways. All diligence being given to add to your faith excellence and virtue and knowledge I appreciate Brother Lynn saying that I hope that you'll stay for Bible class. But you know what? People who want to grow in God's grace and knowledge, 2 Peter 3.18, will want to stay for Bible class as a rule. And they'll have the idea, speak, Lord, your servant hears. 1 Samuel 3, verses 9 through 11. Add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge, to grow in his knowledge. Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. Follow me again. Adding to faith, virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, watch it, temperance or self-control, self-mastery. The other day I was talking with my sweet mom who, I tell you what, is a wonderful lady. And she said, I just couldn't control myself. I said, that wasn't the problem. The problem was we didn't control ourselves. And sometimes really good people can have an issue with self-control, self-mastery, temperance. Watch your temper. Be angry and sin not, Ephesians 4, 26. It's so easy to cross the line there, isn't it? Watch your words. 
Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth, but such as is useful to edification that it might minister grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Colossians 4 and verse 6. Watch your temper, watch your words, watch your thoughts. Bring every thought into captivity to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. Add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance. Temperance, add patience, steadfastness. The word here for patience has to do with patience with circumstances. It's really fascinating to study patience in the New Testament because primarily two different Greek words are used. One means patience with people. And Brother Bill, it's the one that that the King James Version often, though not consistently, translates long-suffering. To have a long fuse with people. I like the idea behind it. But the other word means with bearing up to our circumstances faithfully and victoriously, knowing that God will see us through every circumstance. That's the word that's here. And sometimes we ask somebody, how are you doing? And they'll say, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. I'd never have an issue with patience if it wasn't for people and if it wasn't for circumstances. How about you? Look at the passage. In your patience, you will possess your souls. Luke 21, 19. You have need of patience, Hebrews 10, 36. Run with patience, the race set before us, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Patience. Next, godliness. Godliness. You have a lesson on how can I be more spiritually minded... Think of all the hymns, all the songs you may have sung through the years. And here is where you can think about, Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer. This is my constant longing and prayer. Really? I hope so. How we need to mean what we sing. Godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. Exercise, discipline yourself to godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Pursue godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. Some have a form of godliness but deny its power. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5. We are to be people who live in all godliness. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 2. God-likeness. I'm starting to notice that Ryder and Lexi's twins are looking more like Ryder. Pray for those boys. But I have already noticed, and they're doing a great job with their three kids, as are so many of our young parents. God bless you. 
but they kind of acting like daddy, like father, like son. When we can live in such a way that we look more like our heavenly father and our older brother Jesus, people will be asking us, how can I get that kind of life and peace? Because to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Godliness. Add to your, bro uh, your godliness brotherly kindness. By this shall all men know you're my disciples by your love one for another. Jesus said, John 13, 34 and 35. He didn't say by your doctrine. I understand how important doctrine is. He said though by your love. And love is such a fundamental doctrine that if we're lacking in it, we can be right on a lot of things and wrong. Love the brotherhood. 1 Peter 2 and verse 17. Let love of the brethren continue. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Be kindly affection to one another in brotherly love, brotherly kindness. Romans 12 and verse 10. The church here at Westside, I think, makes good effort to love each other. But God help us to strengthen and zealously strengthen that so that people will know that we are God's followers. Brotherly kindness. You know what that means? It means I, I want to do good things. To my brothers and the family. The church is the family of God. 1 Timothy 3.15 I want to act in ways. Do good to all men. Especially those of the household of faith. Galatians 6 verse 10. I want to speak well of my family members. I may think sometimes some of my family members in the, in the blood, in the flesh, are yahoos. But don't you talk bad about them. Be careful how we speak of another member of the family of God. Be careful about your judgment of others in the family of God. Sometimes we just need to stop ourselves and brotherly kindness will cause us to practice the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do to you. Add to your brotherly kindness, love. What happens is this. When you look at the seven qualities that follow faith, the last of the seven, love, begins the circle anew. Being more like Jesus, reflecting more the God of all glory and virtue and excellence is a matter of faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, self-mastery, self-control, patience. Think about how God is that to us. And as we work through each of those, 
we conclude with brotherly kindness and love. Love one another with a pure heart fervently. 1 Peter 1, 22. The royal law, love your neighbor as yourself. James 2, verses 8 and 9. Love God, the great commandment, Mark 12, 30. Love fellow man. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. And when we love, our faith increases. Our virtue increases. Our knowledge does. And it is an ongoing cycle that will make us more like the God who created and redeemed and sustains us. I want Westside to be a congregation of people who desire that more than anything in the world. Evangelism will take care of itself when we do. Worship will be better and sweeter when we do. Building one another up will be even better when we do. The church's education will be more appreciated and will have greater involvement when we do. All these young people that we talk so much about will be more blessed when people make the, the, the determination, I will not coast because my God is too great and too excellent and too beautiful. He deserves my all. And he promises to help me. When we have that type of attitude, we'll make a difference. If you are not a Christian, through faith, repentance, and baptism, come to Jesus Christ. Have your sins washed away this very hour, this very day. Be added to the church of Jesus Christ, the church we read about in the New Testament. We're not asking you to become part of any man-made organization. We're asking you to become part of the body of Christ. To have your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Acts 20 and verse 28. Do not delay. Do not make excuses. None of us know how much time we have. However long that time may be. Nearer, still nearer to Jesus. Let us stand and say.